Learning the fourth Siche of Parshas Nasai in Chelik Yudches on page 76. This is a Rashi Siche regarding the Posik, that's the introduction for Berches Kayanim. And the Rebbe will give us here a deeper insight into the, into the Bracha of Berches Kayanim, as we'll see here, based on the Yukim, on certain nuances in the words of Rashi that he explains here. This Shir is being learned, Lilanishmas, Rabbi Yasef bin Yamin, Ben Rabbi Menashe, Kaltman. By the Mtsivya of Birchis Kayanim, when it comes to the mitzvah of Birchis Kayanim, which is Kaisa Varchwas bin Israel, Omer Lahem, so you should banish the Yidin, Omer Lahem, saying to them. So Rashi focuses on these two words, Omer Lahem. Is Rashi Mefarish Diverter? So Rashi explains these two words and he quotes from the Pasik Omer Lahem. What does this mean? Kemoi, Zacher, Shomer. The word Omer is similar to the word Zacher and Shomer. In Bala's descent, in, in Old French, it's descent. So the Rebbe will soon spell out more what this Rashi is saying, as we'll see. Then Rashi quotes again the words Amalem from the Pasik. Amalem means Shiyu Kulam Shaimim. Say it to them that all Yidin should be able to hear the Bracha. Then Rashi quotes again the word Amar without Lahem, just Amar from the Pasik. And he says, Mole. The word Omer is written fully. It's spelled out Aleph, Mem, Vav, Reish. It has the Vav there. Sometimes Omer can be written without the Vav. Here it's written full. And what the Pasuk is saying is, The Bracha should not be in haste and with distraction or with confusion. It should be with concentration and with a whole heart. So let's see over here what Rashi is doing, and especially the first thing the Rebbe focuses on is the order of how Rashi explains these two words, Amr Lahem. There are three different Rashis quoting the words Amr Lahem three times, or actually quoting Amr Lahem twice, and then the third time quoting Amr, explaining these words. So what is the order over here in Rashi? From them, so from this, that was by Yedin, from the Dray, Pirushim is Rashi, Maitik from Pasik. Three times Rashi is explaining here, and he brings from the Pasik, Tzveimol, Omer Lehem. So he quotes twice the two words, Omer Lehem, Oneimol, Omer. And then the last time, once, he quotes just the word Omer. Is Muchach as Yedde Pirish, that each one of these Rashis that he's explaining here, the Pasik, is Mazber Abazundirinian in the Mloshonam Motak. He's explaining a separate aspect of the words that he's quoting from the Pasik. So that's clear why it's divided into three different Rashi's, even though it's all focused on the same word, but it's three different aspects of these words that Rashi is explaining. The question, however, is, The first two Rashi's where he explains the Pasik, he quotes the words Omer and Lahem together. One in them dritten debra maschel, then in the third Rashi, is a mefarish no devart, Omer, Alain. He only quotes the word Omer, without the word Lahem. Hotach Rashi gedaft maktim zain, dem dritten pirish, Omer. So seemingly Rashi should first explain just the word Omer alone that comes first, that the word Omer is written full, spelled out with the Vav, and so on. Far the eshte tzvei pirushim, before he explains the two words Omer, Lahem, which Rashi explains first. From them, Gufa is move on. So, from the order of the way it's explained there in Rashi, that the explanation for the word Omer itself comes last, is an Indian Even though these three Rashis are explaining a separate point of these words, in them say there. However, it's being explained specifically in the order that Rashi explains them. The Shverekite was vert bavarnt mit dritten Pirish. 
the difficulty that Rashi is addressing in the third explanation here of the Pasik, Kumtafke noch de only comes up and has to be addressed after Rashi explains previously in the other two Rashis, Amr Lahem, Shaimim, then comes up the question and the explanation of Omer in the third Rashi. So what's the Pshat in this? What's the order over here in these Rashis, the way it's presented? Beis, Sif Beis that is. Dem Ershtem Pirish for Rashi. So now let's focus on the first Rashi here where he says that Zohar V'Shomer, that Omer is compared to Zohar V'Shomer. Kemoi Zohar V'Shomer, Zenem Mefarshim Mazber. So the Mefarshim here explain what Rashi is clarifying with this. As Rashi Bavarent, Ishverekait, and Invarat Omer. That is something that's difficult, that's something that's very unusual about the word Omer. It's not a word which means a command to say, to do something. It's in present tense. Or it means the source of a concept. Meaning over here, if we're talking about Amira, which means saying or speaking, the word Omer does not mean you shall speak, but rather Omer means the concept of speaking, Omer, Amira, the concept of speaking. And as the Rebbe explains here, the Aleph is Nitmita Segel. The Aleph in the word Omer is not written as Emer. Emer would mean a command, you shall say. Which would be Imru. It's also not written, since we're speaking to all the Kainim, it's not written with a Chirik under the Aleph. And in a plural with a vav at the end of the world, me, word, which is imru, that you all shall say. Not with a comets, rather it's written with a comets, which means either in present tense, saying, saying to them, or omar means the concept of saying. So why does the Torah write in such a strange way, omar lahem, which seemingly should be a command? It's Rashi Mevayer, so therefore Rashi explains as follows. And here there are two different approaches in Mefarshim, what Rashi means to say when he compares Omar to Zohar and Shomer. So like Givisim Mefarshim, according to some commentaries, what Rashi is saying is as follows. As Omar is dotak in itkin The word Omar here is actually not a command. Not a Lashon It's a word which means present tense. Omar means saying, saying to them, that you will be saying to them. And the fact that the Torah uses here such an expression of present tense is not an exception. It's like the other expressions that we find in the Torah, Zohar and Shomer. They're also present tense. It's being written instead of using an expression that means a command. So what the reason the Torah is not writing it as a command, but rather it's writing it in present tense, saying to them, is because what it's saying is that this Amira of Birches Kainim should be constant. How do we see that the, in, in the Zohar that it's constant? by And Rashi explained this earlier regarding the word Zohar, that Tnu Lev Lizkar Tomit. When it comes to Shabbos, so the Torah did not write Zichair with a, with a Shiva, but it wrote Zachair with a Kometz. So there it also means a constant present tense that a person should constantly remember Shabbos. Even during the week, when he sees good food that he could use for Shabbos, as it ever quotes later in one of the footnotes that Rashi says there, that he should always remember Shabbos. So over here as well, Omar Lahem is being written here in a present tense because it's not just a command of saying the bracha to the Yidin, but it's also saying that it should be constant. That's one approach in Mefarshim. 
other commentaries say, as Agam Omer mitakomitz is nit ken loshen tzivui. That the word Omer is not a command. Is thus their mocker. This is the the, the a mocker meaning. This is the concept of saying. When Rashi zok tal derechanal. What Rashi is saying is as megifint in the teira. We find in the teira their mocker oich byatzivui. That the teira does use an expression of mocker of, of the concept of this word that it's speaking about. Even when it's talking about a command, just like it is with Zacher and Shamar, they are words that are being written also about the concept of remembering, the concept of safeguarding. Even though it's simply a command. Right? So according to these Mepharshim, the word Amar is not written as an, 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 the right vowelization of the word Amayr, not Amayr, is not being written as a tzivoy, but nevertheless, it really is a command. The point there is a command, but nevertheless, we find that sometimes when the Torah gives a command, it will use an expression which refers to the concept of what that command is about, over here, saying, or remembering, or uh, safeguarding, even though it really means you shall say. However, according to what all these Mepharshim here say, it's still difficult to understand this Rashi. In addition to other difficulties here. If Rashi is only explaining the difficulty with this one word of Omer, that it says Omer and not Emmer. Why does Rashi quote the word lahem as well? Why doesn't Rashi just say very concisely that the term Omer with the comets Omer is like Zacher and Shomer? Another question here is, Why is Rashi bringing two examples for the Torah using this kind of expression? Zacher and Shomer, both the words Zacher and Shomer. And Rashi is not satisfied by bringing either the word Zacher alone or the word Shomer alone. And then Svetin Pirish from Rashi. So now moving on to the next Pirish that Rashi says in this Pasek, Omer Lehem. So Rashi says, She Yekulom Shaymen. All Yidin should hear the Bracha. Is Bepashtus the Kavana. So simply, Rashi's intention here is, Vimefarshim Taichen, as the commentaries here say, As Mazonit Meinen, one should not think, as the Kayin can zogin the Birches Kayinim, Benayle Benatzmai. That a Kayin could say the Birches Kayinim between him and himself. He doesn't have to include others. The Yidin don't have to hear this. Avalbi is the call, but Nitaren, and the people, the congregation, will not hear this. Shaymen. You should say it to them, and they should all hear the bracha that's being said to them. That's what Rashi is explaining here. Isn't it move on? But if that's the point of Rashi, so there's the following difficulties. Aleph number one, either way you want to explain this Rashi, it will not be understood. If Rashi is taking the fact that all Yidin should be able to hear this from the word lahem, which is that everybody should be able to hear, that's what lahem means, it, focusing on the Yidin that they could hear. So therefore, Omer rather. So Rashi does not have to quote the word Omer from the Pasik. Rashi could quote just the word lahem, which is extra and refers to the Yidin that have to listen and explain. Lahem means that they should listen. 
On, on the other hand, though, if, if Rashi's proof that the point there is that Yidin should be able to hear this is also from the word Amir as well, that they should speak. When you speak, speaking loud enough that Yidin should hear, as the that you should speak. It should be like when a person speaks and communicates, that the Amir should actually reach them. Don't talk to yourself. The Amir means when you're talking to someone else. And that's the reason why Rashi is uh, saying that they have to listen, they have to hear, the Yidin should hear it. So the Diok is from the word Omer itself. So if Vazdasas Lachayre Mer Mestaver, and the Rebbe points out that saying that Rashi is, is source is from the word Amira, Omer, this makes more sense. Vadim Esses Mer Masim Tsimtechana Pasik, it fits better with the content of the Pasik here, Vasaret Vegin the Amira Fundikayanim. The focus of this Pasik is the, the Kainim. It's talking about the mitzvah to the Kainim, what they have to say. Nid vegn is bin Israel. The Pasik is not focusing on the Yidin listening. And to them, if so, Rashi's Lashen should be focusing on the Kainim, how they should be saying it. Al Derech vi Similar to the Lashen that the Gemara says about this, as the Amir Davzaim Bekoram, that they should speak loud enough that it should be able to be heard. So, in other words, there's two aspects to this. There is the command to the Kainim, how they should be speaking when they say the Bracha, and then there is the focus on the Yidin, how they should be able to hear. But if the main focus of this Pasuk is Omar, a mitzvah to the Kainim, how they are saying the Brachas, so Rashi as well should be focusing on the Kainim, how they're saying the Brachas. Why is Rashi focusing on the Yidin, how they're listening to the Brachas? There is another difficulty here on this Rashi is, since Rashi comes to negate that they should not give the bracha, just saying it between themselves, that only they themselves could hear the bracha that they are saying. So why doesn't Rashi spell that out that way clearly? Similar to what Rashi negates and explains in the next Rashi, that they should not bench in haste, so over here as well, Rashi should say clearly that the bracha should not be quietly between themselves. That's exactly what it says in the Sifri and Gemara. It uses this expression that it should not be giving them a clear command how not to give the bracha, that it should not be between themselves. If the Gemara and Sifri uses this expression, so for sure Rashi should say it this way as well. If when it comes to the Sifri and the Gemara. The Gemara is speaking to a 10-year-old, which learns Mishnayis, or even more so, a 15-year-old that learns Gemara. So the Gemara spells out that what this means is that they should not say it, like speaking to themselves, or saying it quietly. So definitely Rashi should spell it out in the same way, that the Kainim should not speak low or should not speak like they're talking to themselves. Why doesn't Rashi spell it out this way, the way the Gemara does? Gimel, the third and final question here is on this Rashi. Why does Rashi use the expression here that they should all be listening or all hear? And Rashi does not spell out who's this Kulam that he's referring to, who's everybody. Now, even though seemingly it's self-understood who everybody is, this follows what it said earlier in the Pasuk, you should bench all Yidin and you should say saying to them, 
Nit So obviously, we're not talking about all of Klal Yisrael in any year, in any place in the world. Not Yidin It refers to those Yidin that are there in that place when they are benching those Yidin. So it's understood who the Kulam is. But nevertheless, wouldn't it be better when Rashi zokt if Rashi says it al derech vidaloshin in Sifri, like it says it in the Sifri, shiye kolakol. Rashi should use an expression that refers, that's more clear, that all assembled, the whole congregation assembled, should listen, or something similar. Why does Rashi use a more vague expression of kulam, everybody, that everybody should listen? Who's this everybody Rashi is referring to with this expression? Moving on to the third Rashi, in the written Piddish, Omer, Malay, that the word Omer is written full with a Vav, Leisavarchen Bechapazen Babahalos, should not bench Yidin in haste or with confusion, Ela Bechavana Belev Shalem, with concentration and with a whole heart. So this Rashi is also difficult to understand. So Aleph number one, it was already mentioned many times as the Shinrifu Malay Vechaser. The difference is in the spelling of words in Taita, whether it's spelled fully with a vav or other letters that are full, or it's missing a letter. It's not a question in the simple chat of the Pasik that Rashi must address. On the contrary, in most cases, when it comes to words in the Taita that are either, either spelled full or missing a letter, Rashi does not stop and address this. Seiden, unless, when there is another question that comes up in the simple understanding of the Pasuk, which is explained by the fact that the Torah adds or, or, or misses a letter. Then Rashi addresses it. But otherwise Rashi does not address the fact that it's, the, the word is written full. If so, the question is, What here is not understood in the Pasuk, that Rashi says that by the Torah writing Omar full with Avav, it answers that question. Beis, another question here on this Rashi is, Why would I even have a thought to think? As the Kainim, Yidin that the Kainim are going to bench Yidin in haste and with confusion. The Torah has to come here and command specifically and warn that they should not do so. Why would Kainim give such a kind of bracha? In Medrash state, so the Medrash also talks about this, and the Medrash says, The says to the Kainim, So don't think that because I am telling you, I'm commanding you to bench the Yidin, that you should bench them like someone that's coercing you into doing this, and with confusion, Rather, give the bracha with a full heart. Give the bracha with a full concentration. That's the, what the Medrash here says. Now, what does this Medrash mean? Was the Pirish Sorry. So the simple pshat of this Medrash is we mefarshim and a masber, as the mefarshim explain. As we balt, as the reibishter at ibigigevim the kainim, as they zalim benching the yidin. Since the Kainim are not coming and benching the Eden with their own initiative, with their own desire. Rather, they're here, Hashem is commanding them that you must go ahead and bench Eden. So as it happens many times when someone else comes and commands you to do something, even if you're not necessarily ready to do so, so they may come and say, Hashem wants us to bench, even though I'm not interested, but they may do so 
quickly and even yelling to get it over with to do what Hashem wants even if they're not ready to do so. And that's why the Pasuk has to come and spell out, even though I'm the one, Hashem says, even though I'm the one commanding you to bench, nevertheless, you should bench on your own with a full heart and with full concentration. That's what the Medrash explains. However, we can't say that this is what Rashi means. If so, Damals, Rashi would spell it out like the Medrash explains here that this is what the Pasuk is bavarning, this is what the Pasuk is saying, that don't bench just because I'm commanding you to get it over with, but bench with a full heart. In the language of Rashi, it doesn't seem like that this is what Rashi is saying. It's also self-understood what it says in the Medrash, in the simple Pshat of the Pasuk, this is not something that has to be clarified to the Kainim. We already learned the mitzvah about you have to love your fellow exactly like yourself. So like this Kain himself would want. If someone is benching him, Don't bench me in haste, bench with a full heart. So it's already understood from that mitzvah that when he benches another yid, that he has to bench another yid in the same way like he desires for himself. So that doesn't need an extra clarification here in this posik. You also can't say the following. As the reason you may have thought that you could bench in haste or you bench in with the confusion would be as follows. If the Eibishter is giving a command to bench the Yidin, so that itself will confuse them. The very fact that Hashem Himself is coming and giving a mitzvah, giving you a mitzvah to bench, this itself is, is overwhelming and this itself could confuse you. Something similar to this, similar to confusion. So in other words, the very fact that Hashem is commanding you, the Hashem, the master of the universe, coming to command you to do something is very overwhelming. So we can't say that's what Rashi is clarifying. If it's necessary to clarify that when you get a mitzvah from Hashem, don't feel overwhelmed. As Hashem's command should not cause you to be confused and to be overwhelmed. So then this should be clarified by the first mitzvah that Hashem gives Yidin, which comes in Parshas Bay. And not wait until here, until this mitzvah of Birchus Kainim, much later in the Torah, in Parshas Nasai. Gimel, another question there is, What's Rashi's intention when he uses the precise two details here, which are Don't bench in haste and with confusion. From where does Rashi take these two different points here? Dalid, the fourth and final question on this Rashi is, Al is the Shailab and the the Rashi and Rashi also uses two expressions when it comes to the positive of how a Kayin should bench. Bechavana with concentration, Ubelev Shalem, and with a whole heart. What are these two points? Ubefrat, as a Medrish, they takenar, ain loshen. Bechavana Salev, the Medrish that says similar to Rashi, only uses one of these two expressions. It just says, with concentration of your heart. So why does Rashi say two different expressions here? So we have many, many questions on these few Rashis here. The Rebbe wants to understand the order of these Rashis, and then the Omer Lahem, 
the Omar, when Rashi expresses and exp- explains that is, the word Omar, why it says Omer and not Emmer, why does Rashi quote the word Lahem as well? And the same in the next Rashi, Rashi quotes the two words Omer Lahem, why is Rashi quoting these two words? What's the meaning of Kulam? Kulam Shaimim, everybody should listen. And we're focusing on the Yidin listening, not on the Kayan saying, the way they're going to bench. What's this Kulam Shaimim? And also, why do we have to bevara such a thing, Bechlau? Why would I think a Kayan would not bench properly with a full heart? What are all of these expressions in Rashi? So basically, almost every single word in these Rashis are difficult to understand. So to explain all of this, so the point is as follows. Starting with the first Rashi. The Hechrech von Rashi. As the Pirish von Omer is Kemoi Zacha Vishome. This, what brings Rashi to say that the word Omer with the comets is similar to Zacher and Shomer. It's from them, was the Pasuk Zacht, Omer Lehem. It's actually from this that it says both words together, not only Omer, but it says Omer and Lehem. And that's why Rashi quotes both of these words from the Pasuk. Two words that Rashi quotes, so every Dibra Maschal of Rashi is always the key to understanding what question Rashi is coming to address in the Pasuk. So here Rashi is addressing both words together. Omer Lehem. If the Pasuk would simply say, so you should bench the Yidin, Omer. So how would I translate the word Omer? I would simply say, as Omer is nitkin sivui, the word Omer is not a command, nor aloshem mokher. It's a language which means, it means the concept of saying. On the Pirish from Pasuk Volt Given, and then the meaning of the Pasuk would be, Azai Zolti bench in the Yidin, so you should bench Yidin. And what does Omer mean? Zogindig, and you will be saying, You will be saying the following Nusach of Yivarechacha. So it's not commanding you. Omer is not saying, you shall bench, you shall say as follows. It already said before the command. That's the command. What's Omer? Omer is just saying, when you will bench, the Nusach will be so and so. Omer is saying the following words of Yivarechacha. But it's not, Omer is not a command at all. So then there's no difficulty with the word Omer. The fact that it says with a Komitz and not with a Sego. Because Omer here just means you will be saying the following Nusach. But the Pasik says which means saying to them. Is this a signal from Sivoy? That's words that does mean a command that you shall say to them. One example we find do not become Tommy to them. So so which was not not long before here in the parsha. Many other times you find similar in the Torah. So when the Torah adds the word Omer Lahem, so here the word Omer is not simply telling you this is what you will be saying, this is the Nusach of the Bracha. Omer Lahem is actually a command. This is what you shall say to them, to the Eden. So therefore, here the question comes up. Therefore, if so, the question comes up. Why does he use the term Omer? The concept of saying with a comet. Why doesn't it use the expression which means a command? With a segel, which would be Emoir, or Imru, which would mean a command. Using the expression of Omer, which is a mocker, the concept of saying. Or a language that means a command about something that's active, that you do, or say in this case. They are totally different. 
Usually when you talk about a concept, there's a concept of saying that negates an action. We're not talking about anything active, we're just talking about the concept. So over here, if it is a command, why does it tell you to use an expression which just means the concept of saying? So this is what Rashi explains. The words Amr Lahem is a command. As we understand from the word Lahem, that it's a command. Nevertheless, the word Omer can be written with the comets, Omer Meta comets, which means the concept of saying, because it's similar to the two words of Zacher and Shomer. Just like it is with these two words of Zacher and Shomer, is the Mechoven at Sivui. The intention there is a command. But nevertheless, the Taylor writes it as a mocker, which means the concept of remembering or safeguarding. The far and the reason the Torah does that is was the vice of an Indian Tmidi because the Torah they wants to tell you that the remembering or guarding is something which is constant. Rashi is dot nefarish as Rashi explained there as the Rebbe quoted before that new leiv liskatomid regarding Shabbos to constantly remember. So so to over here Azayis is ayich by mitzvah from Omer lehem same is over here with this command Omer lehem to say to to bench the Yidden with berachas kainim. As does is gizak gevarim b'lashem makir, even though it is a command, but the Torah uses an expression which means the concept of saying mitzadem tam v'as birchas kainim is an inyan tmidi, because birchas kainim is also a mitzvah which is constant. So that's why the Torah writes it in this expression, because this clarifies a detail regarding the mitzvah that the mitzvah should be constant. Apizev apenoich fashtein favos Rashi darfavim beiderayis seifen zacher and seifen shomer. Based on this. That the Torah is writing the command in this language, which means the concept of saying, in order to clarify that this is constant, we understand why Rashi has to have two different examples to explain this, both Zachar and Shomer. The Raya from Zachar alone is Nitkanuk. The proof from the word Zachar alone is not sufficient. Over there, in the case of the word Zacher, it's understood is Masim Alashim To use the term Zacher, which means the concept of remembering, regarding a command, that could be understood. Over there, it actually does mean you should remember Shabbos constantly. Keep Shabbos in mind constantly. You should constantly have in your heart to remember about Shabbos. It doesn't mean when someone actively or consciously remembers something, nor the nisina slave lisker tamid about paying attention, about a person constantly being aware of the fact that Shabbos is coming, that he has to prepare for Shabbos. As the Rebbe brings here in the Ha'ara regarding a fact that refers to when a, whatever a person is doing, he's going to the store to buy food, be aware constantly that Shabbos is coming and you should be buying food for Shabbos. So even if you're not actively and consciously remembering, but you're always aware and having that in mind that Shabbos is coming, so you're remembering Shabbos constantly. So over there, it literally means constantly. So therefore this is something that's not limited to any time. But over here, when the Torah is speaking about the mitzvah of Berches Kainim and it says the term Omer Lehem, Berches Kainim, Retach Nidvegen Tumidi. This is not something which is constant. This is a mitzvah that comes up in set times during the year. And even if we are to say that in the simple pshat of the Pasik, this mitzvah of Birchis Kainim is daily, is this Dachfart Nitmervi Eimal in Tog? 
It's a mitzvah of once a day to bench the Yidin. And it's not as constant as it is by the mitzvah of Zohar, which is constantly to have the awareness of Shabbos coming. So therefore, who says we could compare the Omar here to Zohar, that the Torah writes it in this Lashon of Mokir, to say that it's constant. It's not as constant as it is by Zohar. The Rebbe brings Rashi the Raya von Oich von Shomer. So Rashi proves and says we find this also regarding the word Shomer, to guard. And then Rashi says, He just says these two words, which just means remembering and guarding, and he doesn't tell you which two words of Zohar and Shomer he's referring to. He's referring to the two words of Zohar and Shomer that was already learned before. Zohar we learned before, I mean, that was clearly in the Pasuk and Parshish Yisrael. And Shomer, Rashi quoted it in Parshish Yisrael. And this is the Zohar of Shomer by Shabbos. And this refers to the Zohar and Shomer of Shabbos. So over here, regarding the Shomer of Shabbos, you see that the Torah uses this term Shomer, which means the concept of safeguarding, even though it's not as constant as it is by Zohar. Shmira Shabbos is nit kem midi. Guarding, keeping Shabbos is not an action and it's not something that's constant like when it comes to remembering that Shabbos is coming. When do you keep Shabbos? On the day of Shabbos? You don't work and you keep Shabbos. And yet, the Torah uses the command to keep Shabbos using the expression of Shomer, which means the concept of safeguarding. Indicating that this is something constant. So from here we have a proof. Even regarding a, an action or, a, or something, a concept, which is not constant, not every moment. But because this is something which is done constantly, meaning in set times that are constantly there, So it's fitting to use this expression of that this is not just a but this is also the concept of guarding because this is constant. And the same thing here regarding Amr Le'em, the, con- the concept of saying the bracha, because this is a mitzvah that the Kainim will be doing on a constant and steady basis. So that's why Rashi brings the word Shomer. On the other hand though, the raya from Shomer alein is noch wenige raya from Zacher. The proof though from the word Shomer that the Torah uses this term because it's talking about something which is constant or steady, is even less of a proof than the word Zacher. Rashi does bring the proof from the word Zacher first. Keeping Shabbos is not even an action at all. It's not something active that a person does. No shlila. It's negating. It's stopping to work by keeping Shabbos. So if so, you can actually say on the opposite than we said before. So then one could say, That it's specifically regarding Shemitah Shabbos, which is not an action at all, that it, it makes more sense why the Torah uses the term of Shomer, which means a the concept of guarding. The actual fulfillment of keeping Shabbos is only once a week, on the day of Shabbos when you don't work. However, the, the content, the concept of not working, that you have in every moment of time, and that's even during the week. Oich b'avedasai b'mei achayil is an it mechal Shabbos. 
even when a person works during the week, he's keeping Shabbos. How's he keeping Shabbos? He's not working on Shabbos. The very fact that a person is working six days a week and he's not working the seventh day. So if the way you keep Shabbos is, is by not working on that seventh day of Shabbos, so every one of the six days of the week that you're only working on those six days and not working on Shabbos, so you're really always conceptually the content of this Indian, you're not working on Shabbos. So therefore, in that sense, Shomer is something that's literally constantly. The Rebbe is the Ershte on Ikeraye, so therefore the first and main proof that Rashi brings from Zacher, from the word Zacher, Zacher is a positive thing. It's, it's a person is remembering. It's not just an, 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 a negating an action, but it's actually remembering. So it can't be as constant as when it comes to Shomer, which is just negating not working. And that's something that you literally, every moment, are not working on the day of Shabbos. And even though Zacher is not as constant as Shomer, but still the Torah uses by Zacher the term of Aloshan Makr, which means the concept of remembering, indicating that this should be constantly during the week as well. And similar here, Benigeya to Omer Lehem, it means an Indian Tzmidi, as the Rebbe explains, while Derech says, move on, by Omer Lehem, and the same we understand regarding the mitzvah of Berches Kayanim in the words Omer Lehem. Even though the mitzvah of Berches Kayanim, which is an active thing that you go to bench, is not constant, nor it's in set times, but because it has a constant established time periods of when you bench, whether specific times during the year, or the Yedentag, or daily, so you can use the term of the concept of saying indicating that this is a mitzvah which is constant. Similar to what you find when the Torah uses the term regarding lighting the menorah because of this that it was lit and was burning every single night. Even though the menorah was not lit, it did not burn all 24 hours. So, so to hear, the mitzvah of Berches Kainim is considered to be a constant mitzvah just because of the fact that it has set times during the year or even daily that you have to bench the Yidin. That's what the Torah is telling you, or that's the pshat in these words, Omar Lehem, that this is a mitzvah that the Kainim, the Ebesh is giving them to bench on a constant steady basis. That's the first Rashi. But now based on this, comes up a difficulty which Rashi has to address moving forward in the next Rashi's here. Now, if so, the question is, So, nevertheless, the fact is the Torah does not give you the times. What are the set times of Birchus Kainim? As, as, as we saw in what the Rebbe said before, in Shal Mikra, it's not 100% clear if the mitzvah is certain times in the year or maybe daily. We know that it's constant because it says, Omar Lehem. But how often, exactly when? It's not clear in the Torah at all. So if so, Tavaz given Sudi Verter Omer Lehem. So what are these words adding? Nachtem v'yeshteichen der Anzag Koisavarchu as Bnei Yisrael. So if so, in the end of the day, what are these two words Omer Lehem adding to the mitzvah? Once the Torah says Koisavarchu as Bnei Yisrael that they should bench Yidden with Birchas Kainim, and that's the mitzvah. So now Omer Lehem saying that it has steady times. When those steady times are, we have no idea. So what are these words adding here? It would be difficult to answer as follows. 
As Kaisavarchu Gaime, maybe the words Kaisavarchu are not yet a command at all. You would maybe mistakenly interpret them to say, as Birchis Kayanim is an Iyim from the Shus. Birchis Kayanim is just the Abish giving permission to the Kayanim to bench. If you want, this is how you do it. Other, as other Venivetvelim, benching is Kaisavarchu. If you wish to bench, this is the Nusach, this is how you should bench. Azoim, Medem Nusach, Zolti Benchin. You use this nusach to bench if you desire to bench the Yidin. So maybe with the words Kaisavarchu, there was no command, there's no mitzvah to bench said yet here at all. So therefore the Taita adds the two words, Amer Lehem, saying to them, as does Zatzivoy. So here, these two words, Amer Lehem, are not extra. They are actually clarifying and saying that this is not only a permission or if you desire, this is how you shall do it, but it's actually a mitzvah that they should bench. So it's difficult to say that this is the way you read the Pasik. Why? If so, it should be written in the opposite order. First, the Torah should say the mitzvah, that the, the Kainim have a mitzvah to bench. And the Noch, and the Noch, the Prat, and then the Torah should say the detail of how you bench. As Kois of and when you are going to fulfill the mitzvah to bench, this is the details of the Nusach, the Nusach Abracha. Why would the Torah first say the details, the Nusach of the Bracha, and then afterwards clarify, oh, and this is actually a mitzvah, that you must do so. First the Torah should give the mitzvah, and then the Nusach. So, that, therefore we can't say that Kaisu Varchu itself is not yet the mitzvah. So, if so, once it says Kaisu Varchu, what are the two words, Amr Lahem, adding that we didn't know before? That's the problem here with these two words, Amr Lahem. Beis, Nachmer, the question goes even further. Amr lehem is nit blois ayitu loshen lechayre. They're not only two extra words. Narecha loshen versus bistire some loshen abracha. They actually sort of contradict what the bracha itself is saying. The nusach abracha kula is beloshen yachid. You look at the language of the bracha; it's all in singular term. Yivarecha chava gaimiv yishmerecha yare lecha vichonecha yisa lecha lecha. It's all in singular. Benching every single yid individually. On Amr Lehem is Allah Rabbim. Here the Torah uses the term Lehem referring to all yidin as one together. That you're benching everyone together, not focusing on the individual. So, what are these two words saying? Them is Rashi's Hechrech. So, this is what brings Rashi to add in the next, the second chapter of Rashi, where Rashi says, As nit nor The Pasik, the words Omer Lehem, is not just the mitzvah that the Torah is giving to the Kainim, Omer Lehem. Certainly is also speaking to the Kainim, that's the simple shot of the Pasik. But because in that sense we don't really see what the Pasik is adding, so therefore it's not only the mitzvah to the Kainim, nor Inyin But it's also adding this because this is relevant for them, which is to the Bnei Yisrael, for the Yidin, the Shaimim, the ones that are listening to this Bracha. That Shiyu Kulam Shaimim, that all the Yidin should listen to the Bracha. So that's what the Pasik here is adding with the words Omer Lahem, also focusing on the listeners, on the Yidin. And what does Rashi mean by these words? Shiyu kulam shaymim, that Yidin should listen to this bracha. So this, uh, this answers the question that I've asked before, why when Rashi explains Omer Lahem, Rashi doesn't focus on the Kayanim, that the Kayanim should be the one saying it loud and not speaking to themselves and so on. 
Because the fact that the Torah adds these words, Amar Lehem, the word Lehem, which is different than the word Vlashin Yachid, that the Torah says later in the Nusach of the Bracha, shows that it's focusing something unique about the Yidin, about Lehem, about the whole congregation of Yidin together, they should all be listening. Now what does this mean? The beer in them, the explanation here is as follows. The bracha from the kainim is takebaloshin yachid. The bracha the kainim give to the yidin is in a singular term, that says they benchin yedin yid bifni atzmai alz yachid. The kainim, when they bench the yidin, and there's many yidin in the shul that they're benching, but they should focus on every individual that they're benching, everyone individually. However, here the Torah comes and clarifies on the other hand that the Kainim should bench Eden with, in, with such a, in such a manner, with such a focus that what does this mean? That all are listening. That everybody else, and this individual himself, should all listen how this one individual is being benched. And this individual is here as only one being part of all of the whole congregation together. So the Torah here is saying that when the Kainim are benching the Yidin, on one hand, they should be focusing on the individual, the bracha that every individual needs himself. That's why it says in Balash and Yachah. But at the same time though, they should also bench all Yidin with the Achtos, including everybody that the Yachah is part of the Kulam, that Kulam Shainim, that everybody's listening to the bracha together. So in other words, the Rebbe here is being Mechadosh, an original, a completely new Pshat in this Rashi. Kulam Shaimim is not just a matter of them not saying it, don't say the bracha low in a way that nobody could hear it, like it says in the Gemara, and that everybody should be able to hear it. Rashi is actually talking about the focus of the bracha, the kavana of the bracha, that when you bench, besides benching every individual, bench also Yidin, including everybody together, focusing on all of Klal Yisrael, including them as one, together. The myth is move on, now based on this we can understand, was dafke, noch dem alem, after Rashi explains all of this, shtelzich Rashi eifen vart, omoyr, here Rashi now stops on the word omoyr, unzokt, and Rashi has to now address the word omoyr. And Rashi says, leise varchem bechapazen ube behalas. The kainim should not bench in haste or with confusion. Why would I, so the Rebbe's question was, why is Rashi addressing this? Why would I think that the kainim would, would, would bench with confusion or with haste? So the answer is as follows. Since over here the Kayan has to do these few things together. On one hand, the Kayan is benching and having in mind every individual for what he needs. At the same time, the Bracha that is necessary for all of Klal Yisrael together. So this can cause, as the Kayan, so benchin bechapazin, that the Kayan should come to bench in haste. What does haste mean? Kapshutai, literally. As vet bayim zayin, the chapazin, in the bracha, yivarechecha benchin dich. When he gives the bracha and he's trying to focus on the individual that I'm benching you, he may be very hurried by benching the individual because he has to immediately hurry to bench everybody together. So he's benching and he's focusing and turning to each individual, benching him separately. But at the same time, he's going to be hurried. He's going to be rushed. Why? But he also has to have in mind that I'm benching another Yid, another Yid. And he has to bench all Yidin together. So he has to bench 
thinking and having in mind every individual yid his needs in our day, but she should give every individual yid what his needs are. And at the same time, all the Klal Yisrael. So he's going to be very hurried in Kipshutai in the Kavanis that he has to have over here in the Brachas. That's one That's why Rashi uses the term Bechipazin, that is going to be rushed by this. And also Rashi uses the term Ubaholis, which means Malashim Bachul, that he's going to be confused or distracted or Balul, he's going to get mi- mixed up. Evetzayin Tzutumult und Tzumisht, He's going to get confused and uh, distracted because he has to have so many different kavanas. You have to focus on the bracha for every individual of what he needs. And you have to also bench all of Klal Yisrael for what Klal Yisrael needs. So that could be confusing of all these kavanas together at the same time in, this, in these few words of the brachas that he's saying. So we understand why Rashi uses these two words, v'chapazan and bahalas. It's exact and precise. And why we would even think that a kayan should bench Bechapazan of Abahalas. It's because of all these kavanas here. So therefore Rashi says, So the Torah writes, writing the word full with the vav there. as a special emphasis here. That the bracha should be said fully and complete. And here again Rashi uses two expressions that he should concentrate on the bracha and he should do it with a full heart, with a whole heart. What are the two points Rashi here is saying? So number one, it should be with the proper kavanah. Having in mind the needs of every individual in this bracha. And at the same time having the kavanah, the proper kavanah necessary for the whole klal. That's what we understand from Lahem, the Lashon Rabbim, including everybody together. And together with this, Zolazayin, unbuildable, without any confusion. Now, believe Shalim with a whole heart. What is Rashi Bavaranin by a whole heart? Das heis, what this means is that Kayin can trachten. The Kayin may think to himself, as we bowed at our bench in ganzen Ede Yidin. He has, to, he has to bench a whole congregation of Yidin. So to make it easier, he has to focus on so many different individuals that he has to bench. So he's going to bench every Yid. He can't bench be totally focused completely on one person for all his needs. He's going to focus on each person and think a little bit about what this person needs and a little bit about another person, a little bit, but not give his full heart and full attention to every individual in the bracha for what that person needs. That's what a Kayim may think in order to make this possible, in order to make it easier for himself. When you have to have this kavana for every individual and also for Klai Yisrael, but it should be for every individual and your full heart should be there focused on him. To bench every single individual Yid with your entire heart, fully focused on the bracha that you're giving to this individual Yid. Unbelievable. So this really gives us a whole new insight into the depth of the bracha of Berches Kainim and the kind of mitzvah that, and the focus that the Kainim have to have in the bracha of Berches Kainim, focusing on every individual yachit, Belev Shalem, and at the same time also including all of Klai Yisrael Ba'achtos together at one. This is not such an easy mitzvah. And this is all focusing and concentrating and with a full, full heart. Now to see the wine of Taira, the secrets of Taira that you have here, the deeper understanding of this Rashi. The Tzvei Dugmois, the two examples Rashi brings. What Rashi brings of Omer Lehem is das Kemoizacher, Shomer, the two words of Zacher and Shomer, is Nidbleiz Mazbe, the Werter, Omer Lehem, nor das is Eichag Dombo Tzuzei, Tzubirches Kainim. He's not just explaining these two words of Omer Lehem, but it's also an introduction to what the Bracha of Birches Kainim actually later is. 
So what is the actual bracha of Birchus Kainim? Of Yivarecha Chotayich Rashi, what does Yivarecha mean? The Ebesha should bench you. So Rashi says, Your possessions should be benched. And if Yishmerecha, that you should be guarded, that bandits shouldn't come and confiscate your money. This is by Abbas of Adam. And Rashi continues and, and very lengthily over here explains how this would be by a human being. If another human being gives you a gift, what kind of benefit would you have with this gift if not necessarily will the gift be safeguarded in your possession? gives and he safeguards it in your possession. At first glance, it's not understood. Why does Rashi have to go through this whole length here? Rashi explains that when a human being gives you a gift, so if bandits come and take it away from you, so then what benefit do you have from this gift? It's self-understood. Why does Rashi have to add and explain all of this? Why can't Rashi just simply say that the Abishter can bench and give and keep it in your possession? Now Rashi is the mid madgish. What Rashi is coming to emphasize with all of this is as and the two brachas. Seemingly, it seems like two separate brachas. Hashem benches you and he guards you. These are not two separate points. It's really two parts of one bracha. The bracha bashteit, what does the bracha consist of? She is barcho nechasecha, that Hashem benches your possessions. On an anayfin, as the ayvishte hit nechasim. And the bracha is that he benches and gives you the money and safeguards in your possession. Varam onde yishmerecha, without safeguarding it in your possession, is ma'ana yeshle. So the first bracha is worthless. The Yivirecha is not Kena'ano. You have no benefit from this. Kena'ano. So therefore it's not a bracha at all. So the Yishmerecha is not a new and separate bracha, but Yishmerecha is the fulfillment of the first bracha of Yivirecha that Hashem gives you your possessions. So it's two brachas that go together as one. When al says similar afterwards, you see in Rashi, Ba'yisa Hashem Pana Velecha V'yasam L'chashalim. Das is nitkein tzvei bazundere zachin. It's not two separate brachas here. <coughs> Nor, as you see it there from Rashi, Sorry, it's one bracha that has a positive and a negative, to negate the, the, the negative. When can when could Hashem place peace upon you? Which means, as Rashi says, if Hashem is able to suppress his anger, when Hashem suppresses his anger, that is, so then you'll have peace. So it goes together that when you remove the negative of the anger, so then it brings the positive of the peace upon Yidin. So just like it is with the Nusach of the Bracha itself, that every Bracha has two aspects to it, removing the negative and therefore you have the positive. So similar is Rashi Mifarish Evdem Lehem Zogin the Brachis that when the, when the Pasik says Amr Lahem, that the Kainim should say the Brachas to the Yidin, as the Brachas, Kemoi Zacha Shameh, that the words Amr Lahem, which is an introduction to the Bracha, that the nature of the Bracha of Birchas Kainim is similar to Zacher and Shamer. So it's not only an example of Zacher and Shamer to the, to the Lashen Makir of the Amr with the Kamitz, but it's also helping us understand the nature of the Bracha itself based on the two concepts of Zacher and Shamer. Zachar and Shamar of Shabbos. So just like we find regarding Zachar and Shamar of Shabbos, 
It's not two separate things. It's not two separate things. Not ein Indian, it goes together. The Torah says, Zachar and Parshas Yisrael and Shamer and Parshas was Chanon. And Rashi tells us that Hashem said Zachar and Shamer together at the same time. When is the Zachar Bishlemus? When is remembering Shabbos complete? When one keeps Shabbos. So then the remembrance of Shabbos is complete. They go together by safeguarding, keeping Shabbos, not doing Malacha, by keeping out the negative of the work on Shabbos. So then you have the memory and the fulfillment of Shabbos properly. So the negative and the positive go together. Al-Tarech says, Dr. Ashi is Omer Lehem, similar as regarding the two words of Omer Lehem. Yede Brache was the kind in Benshin Yidin, Bashteit, Funachiyuv, Every bracha that the kainim are benching the Eden is both together, the positive and also the safeguarding from a negative. So then an ain Indian canal, it's all one of the same thing as the Yiverecha, Yisbarchunachasecha, when the Abish benches and the person's possessions are benched, is an anoifim from Yishmerecha. He benches you fully to negate all negative that may come out of this. Who are Nason, who are Shaymer? The Abish benches and he also guards. On Dafke Demolt is the Bracha Ashleimazdege. It's only then that the Bracha is full and complete. And then, in continuation to this concept, the double aspect of every Bracha is Rashi Mefarish Amr Lehem Shiyu Kulam Shaymim that when you bench, all you didn't have to listen. As the Achane Unachshare, as the Bracha Zazayim Boifim Kazet, to prepare. And to bring it in in such a way that the bracha should be in this kind of a manner, which is ein bracha, it's all one bracha vasvashteit from chiyuv and shmire shlile, one bracha that in, that's a sort of a double bracha in one, the positive and negating the negative. So how do we bring such a kind of a bracha? Is bishas as by yidin? That's when you have by the yidin themselves. When al in the bracha the kavana from the kainim, similar regarding the kainim, kainim themselves, with the kavana that they have when they bench yidin, zenenda the beidet nuis. It's a bracha that consists of both of these opposites, the chiyuv and the sh- and the shmire, or the positive and the negative, in the in the nature of the very bracha itself. The chiyuv. The positive is, the bracha is Balashin Yachid. So that you see in the Nusach of the bracha itself, the Varechacha, which is in singular term. So yet that they should focus positively and uh, on the needs of every individual that they bench. Sai Bamiris Kainim, this is when the Kainim are speaking, and Sai Bashmi is a Behagash from the Yidin. And that's also true when a Yid listens. And what a Yid has to feel is that this is a bracha coming from the Abishtah, that the Kainim are benching me specifically for what I need. That's on one hand. But on the Yiddach, on the other hand, the Kulam Shaymim means that it's not me as an individual negating yourself as an individual, but you're part of the whole. You're part of the whole congregation. Which means, Yed Yichud, the Hert, every Yid has to sense, as Mengita Brachet, so at Zweiten Yidin, and so Ali Yidin, Andri Yidin, that the Brach here is being given also to another Yid, to somebody else, not me, and to everybody else together. Kanal, as we mentioned before, so for Yid to feel this and to sense that there's others here, that the Brach is being given to, so this comes how by a person feeling a negation, he's negating himself, by putting aside just himself and his own needs that Hashem is benching me for, but it's also others that are included in everybody together that's included in the bracha. So we see here in the nature of the bracha itself also a chiyuv and a shlila, focusing on, the, on what I do need and what Hashem is giving me, and at the same time also putting myself aside and realizing that I'm being included in a bracha for all the Klai Yisrael together. 
And then Bishas is Kulonukechot. When a Yid puts himself aside and it's everybody being benched together, is thus the Keli to Bachenu Avinu. That is the vessel for the Bracha of our Father of Hashem. This to the Klavis Abracha Vyasim Lachashalim, coming to the general Bracha of Hashem, giving the Yid in peace, was his Shakul Kenegadakoil. And the peace is the greatest blessing that is like all against all other blessings. Equivalent to all other blessings, bis to the shleimus bezeb, bis Mashiach tzitkenu. Until you come to the ultimate bracha of the arrival of Mashiach, with shalim shemay chazal tell us that the name of Mashiach is shalim. Was demolt v'zayin epach alamim kulam safav ruder likre kulam b'shem Hashem love the shchem echad that everybody will serve Hashem all together. Kimala ha'aretz deyas Hashem kamayim la yom The world will be filled knowledge of Hashem like the the water covers the ocean.